Moses and the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this evening? Daniel, good evening. I'm doing great. How are you? I am not stressed out, but tonight we're talking about feeling stressed out. What is going on with this? Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I, uh, I was reflecting on this earlier, looking back at some social media posts uh, around New Year's Eve. And the number of people that were talking about how everything was going to be better in 2021, uh, it was just extraordinary to me. Like, like something magical was going to happen at 12.01 a.m. on January 1st. There was an expectation that life would suddenly change. And, you know, the reality is we've carried the pandemic with us into 2021. It didn't magically disappear. We've had unrest here at home in our own country. We have concerns about the environment worldwide. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and we face uh, an economic future that feels uncertain too, just because we don't know when businesses are gonna be opening back up. We don't know a lot of things. And so I think all of that is combining to just give people a sense of stress and overwhelm and not knowing what to do about it. And I think it poses a real challenge for company owners, for business owners dealing with their employees or for managers or directors dealing with their teams. How do you help people navigate so many major things happening simultaneously and still be about the business of doing work? So that's what I think is going on. And that's what I want to explore with you tonight. So a while back when the whole COVID thing started, um, there was a title that everyone was using, something about like the new normal. Well, we're now so far into this that nothing's new about it. It's just, I guess we could just call it the normal, right? And um, it was funny when you said people all thought things would change. I really like those memes where it would show uh, people excited, like said 11.59, and then it would show the next frame and it would say, 1160, like 2020 is never going to end. What the heck? Right. And then I've seen people uh, post other memes that I thought were really funny where they say something about how we're a couple weeks in now and how like somehow there was like a gift given to us. We got more weeks of 2020 still in the mix. And um, I know that's trying to make light of something that's very serious and there's a lot of like unrest and craziness going on. But um, I have chosen the way I'm dealing with stress and the stress of everything going on in the world um, is I ask two questions and they're in a row. And the first question seems selfish, but it's, but it is my question. I say, how does this affect me? And, and the reason I ask that question first, even though it is selfish question is because it's a lot like that example we've given in a previous podcast where we talk about, you know, like put your oxygen mask on first because you need to make sure you're good before you could like, you know, help somebody next to you because or else you breathe in the bad air. So I first asked that question. I say, how does this affect me? 
And if the answer is it does not affect me, then I say, how does it affect someone around me and I can help them with it? And so that's how I've been approaching anything that I've noticed or has occurred. I'm sitting there looking at it and saying, how does this affect me? And if the answer is, you know, this absolutely does not affect me. I'm thinking, how does it affect someone else? And what can I do to help or make an impact or, or do something about what's just happened? Um, and I wish I could say I was more important than I am, but I'm not because the truth of a lot of this is, is it doesn't affect me and I can't do anything to help others with what's already occurred. I can do stuff moving forward. So I, I wish I wasn't going to say this the way I'm saying it, but what I've chosen to really do is to focus on, um, things that are under my control because it, it can cause that feeling of being stressed out, at least for me, if I sit there feeling helpless, if I sit there and go, this doesn't affect me and I can't really help people that I'd want to help. I could be like really concerned about that and being like, but I got to figure out how to help. I got to figure out how to help or do something about it. And instead I go, I'm going to focus on what I can do to make first, again, start with myself to make my life as good as it can be. And then as long as I feel a sense of, you know, contentment and ease and like my life's under control, then I can reach out beyond myself. And in that good frame of mind and in that good sense of like how my life is, then I can do sense. And I, I literally extend out from my inner circle, right? It's like myself, my immediate family, my close group of friends. And then I'd get into the community and beyond if I could. But what I generally find is that there's so much going on already in this small group that I'm not doing much that's making any impact at all on the community or the world. And, but I, but I tend to be fine with that. And I tend to like to go, I don't like, I don't want to know more. I don't want to um, be a part of it or pay attention because I don't want to put my focus there. They say like where focus goes, energy flows. And I don't want my energy over on something that I can't do anything about. And so I'd rather keep my focus and my energy on my short inner circle and the people that I can help the most. So that is the way I am personally dealing with everything that's going on in the world and allowing myself not to get to the point of being stressed out. And I think that's um, really sound advice. And I think the challenge is um, you know, for any of the issues that we're confronting and for any of the things that are up for people in general, how do you balance caring for yourself and still wanting to contribute in some way to other people? How do you, how do you balance that need for self-care and that need to keep yourself strong so that you can be a contribution to other people? And, and I think that's, the, that's sort of the balancing act that goes on. Most of the times, Dan, when, when people are, you know, we're, we're facing so many different things simultaneously right now. And I think that's the biggest challenge because, you know, at, at any given time, there's an issue that seems to sort of rise to the top. And I find that fairly easy to deal with. And yet when there's multiple things that are in play, I find that a much more challenging situation. Where do you put your attention? Where can I make a difference? How do I keep myself strong in the middle of all of that so that I can help others? And I think the, the question when you, when you push out from yourself, to your family, to your friends, like I mentioned at the beginning, where's, 
where the, the challenge is, is for people who are managing teams, for people who are managing companies and all of their employees, what are they doing to check in with those folks to help them develop some strategies like you've talked about for them to be okay? How can, how can they communicate some of the, the really basic things? And, and, and one of the things that you know, I, I, I'm always taken with, and we have talked about this, and it's something that I adhere to, that every day we're affirming something. You know, we may not consciously be affirming it. And if we're not, that means that all the stuff that's flying at us are the things that come in and that get affirmed because we're not controlling it. Like, what do we control? Our rational mind. What do we control? Our thoughts. We control all of that stuff. And if we're not paying attention to that and not controlling that, then the things that are going to get affirmed automatically by our mind, or by our minds, are, are all of the problems that we're facing. So we have an opportunity right there to filter out or to correct and straighten up, if you will, all the stuff that's going on in the world around us. And, and the other part of that though is the, the ongoing affirmations, which I believe in, I utilize, and I've seen results from, and we've talked about affirmations paired with action equal results. But the other piece is that sometimes there are things that are just out of our control. Sometimes there are things that are happening that we cannot change or shift. And I mentioned to you, uh, as we were, were talking just before the show began about a good friend of mine that suffered uh, just a, a, a really challenging medical incident last night for no apparent reason, um, young, healthy. Um, and all of a sudden in the hospital, in surgery, and now in ICU on a breathing tube, not related to the pandemic. And the doctors are still trying to figure out what's happening. He's got a wife and three kids. And there's stuff that sometimes is just out of our control. And so I think, and it's a big, big topic, but I think it is this general blanket of, of stress and overwhelm that people can feel if they don't take the time to pare down and start with their rational thought and what they can control and then move out from there. So I was having a conversation with um, one of my uh, clients about, it was about sales and we were just talking about choice. And um, my advice was narrow down the level of choice that your customers, clients have to three. That's why a lot of times people say good, better, best, you know, small, medium, large, like keep it simple. And I always like that kiss principle, keep it simple, stupid. Um, but really it's, I really think it's that it's, there's so much to pay attention to. There's so much to put your energy on that. Um, I really think people need to decide like what it really is that serenity per question, like um, accept the things I cannot change, change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. But um Really, it's like pick the things that you're going to spend your energy on and you're going to focus on and then and do your best with that. Because the moment we start stacking all of this on our plate, that's what causes stress. Where we go, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening in my business and this and my personal life and this in the world and this in the community and this in politics and this and that, whatever. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then we're just stacking it. And then we don't even know where to start. And I think that is the cause of stress is really just 
it's lack of focus. It's paying attention to too much. It's trying to think we have some control or ability to do something about everything. And in fact, it's like, it goes back to the sales thing of like Jack of all trades, master of none. Um, I really think people, it really starts with that. It's like, please, like, what are the things that you're going to spend your time and your energy on? Pick them, decide those are the important ones. You can change your mind later, commit to those for a period of time. And, um, and then when you, if you watch the news or however you consume your news, if you, if you get your news, maybe put a filter on your news. So that's the only thing you're paying attention to, because that's an area that you want to put your energy that maybe you can do something about it. Then maybe you don't spend time paying attention to the other stuff. I'm going to pick one example. It'll be an imperfect example. It's going to go with it is if you feel like the environment is an important issue, but you think I can't do anything about it. I'm already recycling and I already drive a Tesla and I am doing everything to my part of it. Then maybe you put that aside and that's not a place you spend your energy because you can't do anything about what the rest of the world is doing about the environment, right? So maybe you say, I'm doing my part. I checked that box and now I'm going to spend my energy and focus on something else that I can do something about. So I think really it's my first like big piece of advice there would be pick your battles pick the things that you pay attention to, narrow it down and keep it simple and make it three, small, medium, large, you know, good, better, best, but pick the things that you're going to spend your energy on, put your focus on. And I think that alone will help de-stress you or lower the level of stress you have in your life. So I'd add something else to that too. I think the, like using the environmental example, you, you drive a environmentally sound car, you're recycling, you're careful about what you consume, um, you, you pay attention, you know, you, you, you reuse stuff and instead of just throwing it away, all that's great. I think what we sometimes miss is that we don't give ourselves credit for the good things we are doing. Like, yes, put it aside, but don't put it aside and then just let more stuff flow in that's going to stress you out. But instead, take stock of the good that you're already doing and the impact that you're having and recognize that you know, just sharing that stuff. It's like, I choose to drive this car. I choose to recycle. I choose to do these other things. Just by sharing that with people, you can actually have an impact and maybe convince um, another person just by example that they might want to take on all or some of the practices that you've taken on. And that's worth celebrating. And so I, I think when times are particularly stressful, it's challenging for humans to think about the celebratory aspect. Like there's good stuff that I've learned. There, there's there's stuff, and I remember at the the outset of of COVID when there was all the concern about like toilet paper shortages and paper towel shortages and everything. We actually started paying attention to like how often we would just grab some paper towels to wipe up a little spot and then throw them away. It's like I could use a sponge and do that, and I could actually dry dry it with a cloth that we end up washing, and we completely changed our habits. And it's it's a small example, but we literally have altered and maintained those habits, even though that stuff is readily available now, we became really aware of how wasteful we were. And that's something we kind of celebrate now that feels really great. So I would tag on to that advice that you gave and say, celebrate the things you are doing, give yourself credit for those, share that stuff and know that you can have an impact because it's one person here and one person there and one person someplace else all taken together when change that, that starts to create 
change. And that's when really, really good things can happen. The other piece that I was recalling when you're talking about that, that sense of helplessness, I would much rather have somebody feel like angry about something and channel that into action as opposed to feeling helpless and stuck. That goes nowhere. I would rather someone have an emotion that they can then channel into doing something good. So what I would advise is like, don't stop at this upsets me or this angers me, but take it to that next step about, I can make a phone call, I can help somebody out, I can, I can contribute in some way so I can take my upset, turn it into positive and constructive action, and by doing so, chalk it up to a win. So in companies specifically, because I think that's one of the places you started with is, you know, you're hearing from companies and they're hearing from their employees, hopefully checking in with them and hearing about the level of stress that they're feeling over it. I think that it, it goes back to the same thing about put your oxygen mask on first. If I'm in a position to coach or consult with a company owner, I would say we need to help you feel like, you know, like de-stress and feel good first. And then it's that ability of like teach a man to fish. We don't just do it for him. We teach him how to have tactics and, and ways about like lowering his stress, his or her stress, and to be able to like manage everything that's going on. And then it's almost like train the trainer, right? Like teach the man to fish that he can then go out and train his managers. And then, or maybe you step in and say, together, we're going to train your managers. And then we kind of, we go down the list of helping each other, but it's that pay it forward, but I think it has to start at the top. So I think any business owner out there re recognize it's not about putting ping pong tables and trying to be like Google, right? And have this amazing thick situation where it's like everyone gets free food and it's like we have a really fun environment and we kind of have a flexible work schedule, but it's more of that it's the it's what's in your head, not just what's what what's available to you on the outside world. And so getting your mind right first enables you to give tools to like pay it forward down the line of management team, et cetera, down the line and let other people have tools. But I think it starts with going, I'm not just trying to take care of everyone else first. Let me take care of myself. Let me understand this better. And then let me go ahead and pay it forward. No, I, I love that. And the notion of train the trainer, I think it's a super powerful one. I, I, I was talking to an executive that I'm working with um, this week. And, and we talked about something that um, he coined called the, the tyranny of the positive, which I just thought was so um, telling. And he's like, I feel guilty if I come into work and I've got my team and you know they're feeling stressed and I don't walk in with a huge smile on my face and be as positive as I can, even if I'm like torn up inside. And we talked about, you know, it's okay to have a bad day. It's not okay to take that out on people. It's not okay to be passive aggressive about it. It's not okay to not communicate what's going on. But one of the healthiest things you could do if somebody walked into your office and said, how are you doing today? You could say, you know what? I'm having a tough day today. Today, I'm just struggling a little bit. This is, this is a rough one. And, uh, and be open about it, be pleasant about it, but just that so that you can actually let go of having to maintain a facade when it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't mean that you won't be pleasant, doesn't mean that you won't treat people with respect. It just models really good, honest, transparent communication. And it gives people the opportunity to say, 
Yeah, you know, I had a rough day last week. I know what it's like. It's it's cool because I I made it through, but I, I just had to let myself have that. I had to let myself have that. And so I I would counsel people like it's okay. You can have a bad day. You can have a bad moment in time, but be honest, open, and transparent about it. Ideally, talk with somebody you can trust. And this goes to company culture. If you're creating a culture of and culture is just how work gets done. It's, it's how people behave based on values. If you're creating a culture where people have that kind of freedom, it's a trusted environment. They know that it's safe, that everybody has each other's backs. And it's okay to come in and say, man, I had a great day today. I made the sale. I had a great day today. We closed the, the deal and, and we're gonna, it's bigger than we ever thought. It's okay to do that. It's great to do that. It's all, also okay to say, I'm struggling a little today. And, and that's cool too. And in fact, that's probably the thing that, that I've seen shift people's culture the most, where they know they not only have permission, but it's encouraged to have that level of transparency, respect, uh, and, uh, uh, and support in communication one with another. And I would say avoid the pity party. I, I think people can have empathy and understanding for another situation without having to tell their part of the story. So there's a sales tactic called feel felt found. And it's saying like, Ken, I know how you feel because I once felt the same way. And then I found, I'm trying to give you some piece of advice, but I think there is an ability to, um, to not have to align because you totally get it, but you can have empathy and understanding for someone else. And I think a, a good way to do it, if you can, especially if you're in a position of um, authority over someone else, like you're a manager over someone else, is to, to let them know, I, I want to hear you want to listen and to be a good listener, but to start with something positive. It's almost like frame what they're about to share with you without having to sit there as a pity party, but to frame it with something good. Bobby Bones is a radio host uh, for country music. And um, Ryan Seacrest is also a famous radio host and American Idol guy. He took this from him. And then a lot of people have taken it. I've seen companies take this. And I think all companies should take this, which is at the start of every meeting, they go around and they say, tell me something good. Tell me something good. So they literally go around the table and say, Ken, tell me something good. And it could just, you could make up anything like, oh, I, I found a new show that I really like on Netflix. You could say, uh, my whatever, my daughter's had a baby, right? You can go around, it's just anything. It could be, and I like to joke that you could say, if you don't know what to say, say, you won't believe this. I woke up this morning and I was breathing. It's like, cause that's, that's something to be grateful for, something good. But if we can frame what, we can be a good listener and we can have understanding and empathy for people. I think we need to start by framing it that they're still good. So tell me something good. And then I'm here to listen. Tell me something good in your life. What is something you're grateful for? And now, listen, I'm here to listen. I don't need to try to compare my life to yours or one-up you or have that empathy like I, I completely understand. I can just be a good listener and I can take it all in, but I think framing it with something good really helps. So I'm going to agree with you on one point. I'm going to disagree with you on, on one point. So the point I'm going to agree with you on is the be a good listener part because I, I, I've, I've had been in situations where you know, I've, I've shared something that was like just kind of a, a, a tragic experience that I had with a, a friend who had died. And I just stated it. And the person that was listening, I know, wanted to be helpful. 
but the the subject suddenly changed to them and their suffering and the losses that they've had in the past and and it it really derailed everything and it became much larger than it needed to be and it could have just been you know i hear you and the hug and if you need to talk further i'm here it could have been that simple and so i i completely agree on the piece about you know don't feel like you have to make up something and sometimes in in communication coaching when i'm coaching with teams i'll hear people try to one up and and actually have a big tragedy and for whatever reason like they they need to suffer more they need to demonstrate that they've suffered or whatever it happens to be so i agree about the listening piece i think there are those times and and i also uh, in a group meeting it's something good of course there are those times somebody walks in and to your office if you're a boss and they feel you know comfortable talking with you or there's two employees and they feel comfortable talking with each other if there's been something that just doesn't feel good and you feel kind of at the breaking point it's it is okay from my perspective from my experience it is okay just to go here's what here's that like here's the reality of it for me and uh, you know i am hurting and that's what's going on and a technique that that i've used is to come around and kind of scoop that up at the end and be able to say what you said at the beginning which is as tough as man we're here we're breathing we've got a job we've got a roof over our head we've got food in our belly there's good stuff and that's how i see taking those conversations and giving them a little lift at the end so the person walks out a having been heard and b having been lifted a bit and i love when you disagree with me ken <laughs> no i um no i absolutely agree i i think it's important no matter what if it's if it's at the start or if it's at the end to make sure that somebody sees the bright side in things right that they at least we, we don't i i think it's doing them a disservice if all you are is listening and you're just and We've already, we both are in agreement that it's like the worst thing you can do is sitting there trying to one up their pain or trying to say like, I get it because I've had equal pain to you because this means you're not really listening and, and hearing what they're trying to express. But in the end, you can't let them leave being like, yes, that is terrible. That sucks. That's the worst thing ever without something that they can see. Even if you're not giving advice, just letting them know that like, no matter what's going on, you're still alive, right? Um, and you're, you're still like, there's still purpose in this world. It's like, and asking them and let them figure out for themselves, like, what is good? What is good? Cause there, you can, you can choose to find good in all situations as terrible as it sounds, you can choose to find good. And I think the biggest thing that people have taken away from, from COVID, um, and that's why I say the question, like, what is good? I ask at the start of every single coaching call that I do, I ask three questions. I say, um, what are you grateful for? And at the start of COVID, I'd say, what are you grateful for because of COVID-19? And then I would say, what are you excited about or looking forward to, even though you know it could be canceled or postponed because things were just changing by the second. And then I would say, uh, how is your life better because of that you and I are working together? But in any case, um, what I would be trying to get them to see is that there is, there is something to be grateful for because of this, not just like, I'm not just saying you're grateful because you're alive and breathing, but what are you grateful for? Because this happened and you can't change that it happened. 
this happened. So if somebody's talking to you about death or something else, you know, that's the most extreme I could think of, but they're telling you that it's like, so what are you grateful for? Because that happened. And most people's reaction be like, nothing. I can, how could I be grateful for a death or something that extreme? But the truth is you can find something you're grateful for in everything. And the most common answer I would get for, what are you grateful for because of COVID would be more time with family because people hadn't realized how much time they were spending usually at their office or their extra activities after work and all the things they were doing. They weren't realizing how much time away from family they had until this put them there. And then they were right in front of their family. I'm sure that was also something they were frustrated by over many months of this, but they were like, wow, I am grateful for something. I'm grateful. I get more time with my family. So I think in the face of extreme stress and feeling stressed out that it's important, whoever is listening, that you ask them, what is great about this? What could you be grateful for? If you try to find something to be grateful for in the face of all of this stress and everything that's going on, what could it be? And helping them if they're not finding the answer, because I think it does the best good for them to allow them to leave and thinking about that thing that they could be grateful for. So I was thinking about friends of mine who have had their kids at home doing remote teaching and remote learning. And the number of them that have said, you know, um, his teacher lied. He is not a joy to be around. <laughs> not, not in the least. Kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. So I, I think that you're right. There, there's, there's both sides to that, of course. But there, there's also, you know, there's, there's also um, uh, that, that time, that time factor. Not to dwell on that too much, but the time factor. And this, again, Dan, this, you know, this as well as I do. This presupposes a lot of things. This presupposes, you know, a degree of privilege. This presupposes that people have jobs still. This presupposes all that stuff. And, and so I think we have to just be real about like, you and I tend to coach with a, a particular um, demographic of people that generally fall into those categories where there's some resources there. So they have that to appreciate. So just to, to put that out there to people who are listening, because there are other more extreme situations too. But, but um, my husband has been remote teaching from home and as stressful and challenging as it's been to actually have your spouse with you during the day, instead of to be away from them all day long, um, you know, what a great realization of like, man, I, I'm so grateful to be able to spend time with somebody I care and love so deeply. And, and that's a big plus as well. I think what all of this says to me too, and this, this is one of the last things I think that's showing up right now, because this could go for multiple episodes, but one of the things that's showing up for me is just how important it is to cultivate relationships. We talked about like the importance of relationships in sales and in business, the importance of relationships um, at, at work and developing good ones there, the importance of relationships um, uh, at home, the importance of relationships in terms of friendships that you cultivate this stuff that, and, and maybe this is one of the things that, that all of this has helped to put into place is that there are so many things that really are out of our control um, and that, that can be overwhelming. And if we have someone trusted that, that we can talk to, if we have a trusted friend, a trusted spouse, trusted whomever, that we can talk to about what's going on um, that allows us 
to communicate in a way that's real and honest and true, um, that doesn't become self-indulgent, but that also looks at the stuff that's good in our lives. If you've got somebody else to help you reflect that stuff back and forth, man, that's a, that's a richness that, that you can't put a price tag on. And so I, I think that, you know, so often we're, we're in the game, we're, we're obsessed by work, we're trying to make more, we're trying to grow bigger, whatever it happens to be. And we almost see family, friends as like a nicety. Yeah, if I can spend a little more time with my wife and my husband, my kids, that'd be great. If I could develop that friendship I have with Joe down the street who I really like, well, that'd be great. But you know, work, I'm crazy busy. And, and I think one of the things I've realized out of all of this and the uncertainty that life really brings, like our next breath isn't guaranteed, that stuff isn't fluff. That's, that's not the frosting on the cake. That's the cake. I mean, that's, that's the stuff that matters. And so I'd encourage people just to look at, um, you know, what matters most and is what matters most in your life, what you're actually doing is the stuff that you say matters most actually being lived out? Or is there something in Congress there? And if so, how can you make an adjustment so that stuff comes back together? So to wrap this all up, I had a thought as you were saying, not everyone's clearly not as privileged to be able to hire coaches or work with people, right? Who do this as their profession. So it's as simple as finding a friend. You find that friend that you can each be a listening ear to each other. And your deal is simple. You just simply say, don't give me advice. I just want somebody to be there that I can vent to, that I can share with, that's just going to listen to me. And so you do that for them. They do that for you. And then you have your version of a coach, but it costs you nothing because a good coach really should be just listening to you. And they should only be giving you advice when you specifically ask for it or they ask your permission to give it. So if you're feeling stressed out in any way, just simply start by finding a friend and asking if they're willing to just listen and start there. And I think that's an important first step is not holding it inside, but getting it out and having someone there to listen to you. I agree hundred percent. We end on a high note with dogs barking and, <laughs> and <laughs> an agreement on the importance of friendship. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com.